Find a bit of space for himself. Brandt, and what a chance! It's finished by Mukoko! Of Dortmund masterwork. It is a piece of Meisterwerk! Adeyemi into the area, rounds the goalkeeper, and it! A one-man counter-attack! Coming straight back with Marlon! Hey, welcome back to the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. Man, how's it going? How are you doing? I'm doing well. I can't lie to you. I loved having your head just resting on your hand there, just exhausted as you're doing the intro. (laughs) This is what we need to... We've talked about it. Maybe we need to start... We need to start doing the... uh, the visual the part live of the video podcast so people can see yeah because i uh <laughs> and then i could show off the cool view i do have out of my hotel room but this is another uh traveling episode me on the road and i am i told carver before we started he's like how, how are you doing i'm like i am just so so tired i'm so tired um <laughs> i'll go into a little explanation i guess won't get it too much we talked about it last on the last traveling episode um, um in preseason mode uh with the mls team in st louis and it's just, I work on, if you don't know, I'll just give a little, little rundown, I guess. I work on the content team, do social media, and these trips are fun, and they're, I mean, they're nice, but it's a lot, it's a lot of work for all the behind-the-scenes stuff, and the days are, like, they're very repetitive. You kind of do the same thing every day, and that's why it gets very, like, draining, and I'm like, I don't even know what day it is, I don't know what's going on, I'm just tired. Yeah, the, the sun's shining, and I got nice views, but I'm, I'm exhausted. But it's good. I mean, it's it's enjoyable. It's just a lot, a lot of work, um, a lot of content to pop out. Which I mean, it's always co- great content too. I'm always watching. Just tell me if it's not. <laughs> I'll step it up. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Cool. Good. Good to hear. But yeah, no, it, it's good to. This is this is a nice break. Like doing the podcast is a nice little changing it up a little bit. So I'm I'm excited. Although I. D- also told Carver before recorded. Spoiler alert: I did not watch the Heidenheim match because uh, I was traveling, and then uh, it was kind of spoiled. And then once I saw it was zero zero, I'm like, I'm not. And Carver gave me a little insight. I was like, I don't need to watch it. I don't need to waste that that, that two hours. So uh, of course we're going to talk Heidenheim. Um, Munier is officially gone. We'll talk about that, and we're going to get into this little exercise. Exercise is that a way to call it? About all the signings over the last few years and kind of rate them. Uh, we got some. Uh, questions from X, um, and then, I don't know, maybe we'll touch on some other Dortmund news and stuff. And, of course, preview Freiburg. So um, you might be listening to this on match day. Uh, we're playing Fry- Freiburg on Friday. You're probably listening Friday morning. Uh, so hopefully you get the episode in before the match, but we will preview that as well. Um, but, Carver, since I didn't, you want to start Heidenheim and just – I'll g- get your thoughts. If you can give me a recap, <laughs> quick recap, and your, your thoughts on this Heidenheim match. I know I usually make a bit of like, yeah, you didn't need to watch this one, whatever. But truly, this was an unwatchable game. I was not in the least bit entertained or even really arsed to watch this after the first, I don't know, few minutes really. But even before getting to Heidenheim, I want to say every time we record, the next day, the opposite of what we were predicting will happen. Like we talked about being more of like an illness crisis more than an injury one. The very next day, we have Sancho having muscular problems and then us saying, you know, Terzic was saying in the to the media that he's likely to have Reyna in the squad for that Friday game against Heidenheim. And the very next day, he shipped off to Forest. This is not also the first or last time. It happens like every time we record. We're just a day behind. So yeah, I imagine well, whatever we, we say now, it's going to be the opposite tomorrow. So just Reyna, we even We didn't predict Reyna, but we said, I remember recording the it was like two days before the transfer window closed or whatever. And we, we said like, who knows, by the time this episode's out, you might be gone. It could happen. Yeah. And then he was shortly after. Um, and that, I mean, I guess going into Heidenheim, that's what this position is what I was most intrigued about because Royce out, Brant was out, I believe. I don't remember. I think yes. he was out. Sancho was out. Sancho injured, was out. And, and we knew, and then Reyna, Reyna left. So it's like, well, who the F is playing in this role? Uh, yeah, so that that was the thing I was most intrigued about, and maybe that's why things were so bad. I don't know. You can 
explain and talk about it, but that, that that just seems baffling. Like, and I know the rain of things been an issue for Terzic a while. I question it and all that. And then with this injury crisis, of course, like the, the deal was already agreed. Like it's just really poor timing. Um, so he was going to go regardless, but to go under those circumstances is just like, Oh God, just shoot, shoot my kneecaps out. Right. And it wasn't just those players that we were missing either. You can keep going. We had Adeyemi. Of course, Koble was still gone. Looked like reportedly it's some sort of ear infection and we're not looking to risk, I guess, him being out for longer. So we had a lot of first team players, very vital players, this team missing and, and absent for this game. I don't think that's much of an excuse for what we saw in our performance. I mean, what can be said about this boring ass game that we haven't already said for other performances this season? Time and time again, really. I mean, I can't think of much. I mean, Heidenheim had 34 tackles compared to our 18. They had more interceptions. Oh, they had double the amount of aerial duels won. Just in general, another example of an opposition just wanting it more than Dortmund. And that fighting spirit, in quotes, which really is like the only thing Terzak has going for him at the moment, or just really for a long time now, has is and has been dwindling for months. And... It's just, it's just abysmal, really. Again, just an unwatchable performance. Uh, little to no coordination or conviction in our play. Build-up is pretty much unwatchable. We invite pr- pressure deep into our own half with no structure or movement, just to be punished time and time again, even by middle and bottom table teams. I mean, of course, we had a few good results these past few weeks, but those are against teams that are very are either in or outside of just outside of the relegation zone. And we've also dropped points to them as well. I mean, just look at it. I don't know if you saw any of the highlights, but if you look at this just absolute gift Heidenheim were given in the first like 20 minutes of this game from uh, Ozchan, you see everything on full display here for what I've been talking about. And all Heidenheim is doing really is just applying a bit of man marking, very basic high press, nothing too complex or anything like that, but they do those basic things right, and they do it with conviction. And Frank Schmidt has spoke about this to the media uh, a handful of times this season, saying that's what he wants to implement in his team. Meanwhile, on the other hand, you have Dortmund barely making out of the box before immediately coughing up the ball into an extremely dangerous area for one of the misses of this season. I have no idea how Heidenheim did not pounce on that opportunity to go 1-0 up, given very easy press that they applied here and just were immediately rewarded for that. I mean, a solution I have for that play just, I mean, it's nothing like an all encompassing answer or anything like that, but Sule, as he receives the ball, he can turn as he receives play out wide. As that happens, Sabitzer shifts over to provide a forward and central passing option while maintaining that triangle between him, Sula and Munier. And there you can just, from there, you could just play a bit more direct, which is, you know, where we look our best under Terzic not just this directionless build-up play deep in our half. Now I'm talking deep with no movement, just complete stagnation. I mean, Sabitzer did not move much whatsoever really there, and he's man-marked. I mean, you see also in the replay of that miss, you can have the view from behind the goal. I mean, Heidenheim just had the complete midfield or the center of the field is marked, and there's just no answer for Dortmund. It's really... It's really worrying. I mean, we've said this for weeks now. Again, same thing. It's just the same problems over and over, and teams should be punishing more and more for us. And again, these aren't top-table teams. These aren't even Champions League teams. These are teams that are newly promoted or, again, in or just outside of the relegation zone. Yeah, and I mean, looking... So I'm just have the like lineup pulled up, and um, obviously we had all those injuries, but just looking at the midfield of Ostian and Sabitzer like, doesn't give me a lot of... like. No, I I don't know. There's there's not a lot of hope in like trying to create anything there, um, and then you of of course without like Royce and Brant, um, like those are guys who can just kind of take control of a game or at least like have a really good moment to turn mm-hmm. a game around. And so when you don't even have that option, uh, Sancho's obviously been bringing a bit of a spark and a little more. I'm gonna use your word dynamism out on the mm-hmm. wings, um, and so just to yeah not have any of that, it's just like whoa, what. What do you even do? What can you even do? And then I do a question. I want to question the. I didn't. I didn't praise Munier by any means, last episode. And I know he's gone now, but I just said he's been like fine. He's been there. 
did he have a stinker this game? Because I was like, after I said all that of just him being okay, fully expect him to have a real, real poor one. Yeah, I mean, really, Sule, also, Sule and Munier both have trouble passing and playing out of pressure. So just that whole side of the back line is just is just really difficult to try to get uh, any sort of build-up play going. Uh, of course, for those of you who have heard this quote or have not, here I have one from Sebastian Kale that's been raising a lot of eyebrows since the game. I'll have the I'll give the full quote so it's not out of context here. But he said that was definitely not a step backwards today. Talking about the performance, I would say a small step forward, not a big one. The team has improved in recent weeks and played better football, and I'm not going to let this development be ruined. If you have to replace nine players, then of course it'll also be a bloodletting. In the end, you can't compensate for things. No team in the world can do that. It was a lack of creativity and a bit of pressure today. The bottom line is, it's a fair draw. We didn't create enough goal-scoring opportunities today. Heidenheim defended passionately and also had one or two chances. So yes, it's two points too few, but we'll take it and move on. Now, a few thoughts on this from me initially, and I'll try not to spend too much time ranting here, but I imagine Kale is referencing those wins against Köln, Bochum, and, Don- and Darmstadt when he says there has been improvement in better football. But, like, has there really? Has there no, been an improvement those, for football? Those are teams, I and mean, we've said it multiple times, like, we should be beating those teams. Th- th- that shouldn't be, uh, I don't think the determining factor, like, those matches. Yeah, like, it, I guess it's better in the sense that, like, we got some wins. Uh, it's better in the last 10 matches. But, again, those those are matches we should expect to be winning anyway. So that maybe it just means we're like on a track, but it doesn't necessarily mean there's true progression yet. Right. This is Borussia Dortmund, and we should be much more ambitious than we are right now. The complacency in our stagnation has been an issue and a major concern of mine dating back almost a calendar year at this point. And I'm just, I mean, looking at this quote, I'm still personally seeing the exact same issues between match day one against Cologne and today, those fixtures I just mentioned to start at the new year were against oppositions that, again, in or just outside of the relegation zone and teams that we have also dropped points against earlier this season. Now, sure, there were, again, there were factors at play here against Heidenheim. Dortmund had a long list of absences. Heidenheim have been a big surprise in terms of their position in the table. But that's four points dropped against the newly promoted side. Two of those points were at home against Heidenheim when we were two goals up. That should be no excuse. Those two factors are insane. The fact that we actually walked away with there with a draw. And this isn't in a vacuum either. Two points were dropped against Cullen as well, again, in that first match day. Two points were dropped against Bochum, a game where, again, we saw the same reoccurring issues. The list goes on. The complacency in our stagnation has been a concern for a while. And just hoping that we can, you know, put something together to make a fourth place spot time and time again and say we're in a transitional phase you know, we're better than this. We're better than the performances that we've been seeing put on display for months now. Dortmund either look fearful, pedestrian, or just completely uncoordinated in their performances. And this is just not how you get better than the teams above you in the table, let alone challenging for the Meisterschale. Yeah, well, table in the Meisterschale, I was looking at, obviously the, the hype this weekend is Bayern uh, Leverkusen. Um, mm-hmm. And I was so I was just looking at the table and just see how how many points we're off. Like and I like no, we're not going to win the title. It's it's done. Like there's no way. Um, but like what what gets me is like because if we look back to last year and how close we were last year, like the ambition should be we let it go. We should have won it. So now let's go win it. Now let's go do what we need to do to win it. And which just goes back to like the stuff that we didn't do right. And now that we're so far off that is like just what's upsetting and like the realization of <laughs> the situation we're in, I guess. Yeah. And it's a very deeply, deeply rooted situation. You know, it goes beyond just the manager, of course, but the manager has been inadequate at addressing and fixing these issues for some time now. I mean, one could argue, and I think I will, that he is making a lot of these issues worse. Uh, I mean, Terzic has had a lot of problems with, I, I mean, little to no answers for our build-up play, drop points against teams that we should be playing much better than, even in situations where we are up one, two goals. It goes back even to last season as well. It happened. These are not new issues, and just I just don't see much of an improvement at all. Not 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 a, not a you know significant one aside. I don't see much of any improvement between now and match day one. I just don't. 
And again, I, I feel bad for the listeners because like I wish there was just something new, but it's just the same thing every week. It's it's just uh, it's pretty grim at the moment. <laughs> yeah, and I mean there was the so much was discussed and like harping on it in the during the winter break is like do you do you just try to start fresh or like before like now Bender and Shaheen are in now and that's like the hope we're holding on to right like with them in like things are going to change but it's still like it's still the same uh, hierarchy I don't know if that's the right word or like structure in place with Terzic there and that's where it's like would it have been better to just rip the band-aid off and start fresh because like I mean, new new manager bounces are real, but you don't get that just by bringing in assistance. Like things might start to move, but now it looks like they're not necessarily. So I I don't know, and it's just so frustrating. Like it's just frustrating. That's all. I don't need to get into it either. I think everyone no one knows and understands, but it's just like, come on, let's like, if we want, why are we delaying the? the change or the progress. And there's, again, there, there's multiple moving parts. Um, now with, uh, Vatska leaving, uh, at some point in the future, uh, it's like, cool. Yeah. Maybe we wait on everything, but then it's like, it's just, I think it's a disservice to the fans to also wait and just kind of like ride off this season, uh, which feels like kind of what they're doing with, with the delay in the inevitable. Yeah, and of course, the breath of fresh air is also with Sancho and Matson, and they are, for the minutes they've had so far, have been doing a big deal of improvement in the areas that we've been needing. But it goes beyond them too. And yeah, I don't, I can't think of any really any fan at the moment um, that I've seen that it seems convinced that Terzic can turn this around. It has not been turned around in quite some time now, and, and we all knew that during the winter break, it's not like he's going to become. You know, tactically efficient out of nowhere, um, even with the help with of the new two assistant coaches. But I, I get things take time, of course. But again, I'm just saying we are better than what we are perceiving ourselves as as the at the moment. And Kale certainly with this quote, it's almost the opposite of what you would expect. Like usually, Terzic is a bit more positive, even when we are having very dismal performances. But he was. Yeah, a bit more negative and, 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 you know, kind of like subtweeting certain players and you have Kale trying to spin it around and say that, you know, this is a somehow a step forward, even though it's the first goalless draw that we've had in the Bundesliga since 2019. And it sure as hell should have been a different result again, given the potential miss of the season from Heidenheim. Maybe the only step, Oh no, never mind. I was gonna say maybe the only step forward is that Leipzig lost, but that was a couple weeks ago. That was not right. They have been dropping points recently, but yeah, but they, it's not, we can't rely on the teams above us to do that too. We also have to pull our own weight. And once we start getting into a, you know, a a tougher window of fixtures, which is going to be coming up soon, we're going to need to have answers for teams that are going to be a lot more efficient and they're pressing, you know, you can keep going into it, but it, it's just, it's a, it's a very big concern at the moment. Well, yeah. I mean, now we're, we're about to get into the tech, like things are about to get difficult, right? Like we got Freiburg um friday or today when you're listening Wolfsburg uh coming up then we're back in the champions league with psv yep, two weeks away match. hoffenheim who who's been good especially on the road um union so like it the, the, we should have won those games um and it should have been a, a way to kind of kickstart us but this heidenheim match like you said it's just kind of another setback it's not a progression like Kale was saying and now things are about to get real so yeah we i don't know it's it's just going to be we'll we'll see what happens. Do you want to get into Freiburg or do you want to get through the other stuff first? Let's I'll talk about Freiburg real quick. I mean, I don't have too much to say. They've lost two of their last two Bundesliga matches to Bremen and Stuttgart, of course. Both of those teams have been picking up form recently, so uh, I mean that those were pretty good matches at least from on paper from the scoring perspective. Stuttgart of course now starting to find form without Giresi. Undav is really starting to pay, carry his own weight too a, a lot more and uh, pick the game up on his shoulders. Of course Freiburg very well drilled. Um, usually put up a really good fight against us although at home we've seen a lot more success against them in, in recent meetings. I, I still again I don't feel great 
given at least from a coaching perspective and 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 just in terms of our structure and everything but hopefully we can have a bit more available personnel back like the likes of Sancho who's been on the pitch recently at training reports are saying he may be fit by Friday we are not sure yet of course by the time you're listening to this you might know the answer for that but he can do I think do- I saw a, from Terzic's uh presser like he was in light training mm-hmm. um but yeah so who knows if I I just don't see him actually being, and I guess that would have already happened by the time we're recording this. So I just don't see how you can go from light training to match ready that quick. Right. Ben Zabaini will be back as well, which he got like 15 minutes against Heidenheim. Not saying he's going to offer too much in attack or in build up by any means either, but at least we're going to have some players back. Hopefully out of the other list that we mentioned that had illnesses like the likes of Hummels and Royce and Brandt and Koble. One or two of those can potentially and hopefully be on the bench at the very least to give us that extra push because we really need it, the help right now. We is, really need that extra push. Is Rear? You might have already said this. Is Rearson back or is he still out? I have not uh, spoken about him. I I think he's still questionable. So, and and we sold Munier, which I know I know like needed to be done. We tried to sell him in the summer, but it just it just goes back to the well. Well, what now? He's gone, and we were using him uh, as a body, and and he's starting. So with Rearson out, like that's where it gets a little iffy. Now it's like, well, Wolf slot back in there. I saw some quotes from him about trying to fight and get his spot back in the team, uh, which looks or like you he could, might now because Munier's out or Sule out on right yeah, back. Yeah, you say is back. Hummels, Sam. We also don't have Hendry Blank. We talked about that last episode. It's just like, yeah, options are slim. Even yeah. more, it's crazy that they're more slim than they were. <laughs> I mean, it's almost it's like, a competition for the sporting department at this point. It's like, man, it was already pretty bad. Or like, what was that our expectations were low, but holy f, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But holy fuck, <laughs> oy. Right. Uh, yeah, they're they're currently sitting seventh. Um, and I mean, they've lost. You mentioned they lost their last two matches, but this is this is an opportunity for them to bounce back too, right? Like they want to bounce back. They want to get a win. Um, so it it'll be tough. And again, this is where it gets it gets real. We really need to start stepping it up. Like this is the time because it's it's just going to get more tough. But yeah, matches Friday, uh, two thirty mm-hmm. Eastern time against Freiburg and Leipzig are breathing down our neck too. They're at 36 points and we're at 37. So the moment we slip up, they can take that spot right back. And as the season goes on, you know, they can only tighten their grip too, if they were to grab the top four spot. And let's not forget it's fucking Marco Rosa at the head of their team. So, I mean, if that's not motivation enough for Terzic, my God. Mm. Yay. Uh-huh. Uh, any you score predictions? Get- oh yeah. Ugh. I know. <laughs> I really, I was avoiding it, to be honest. <laughs> uh, two, two, two. I don't, actually, I don't even know how we're going to score two goals. Yeah, me neither. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I know I said Heidenheim, same score. Line. I'm going to go two, one, us. Just I'll barely scraping a goal by. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to create... Uh, I'll say 1-1. One, one. And I usually don't... I try not to predict draws because I usually try to be super optimistic, but I am not right now. Right. Rightfully so. Uh, but, you know, try to get that all out of the way. I thought this would be kind of a fun little segment. We've never done this before. I wanted to rank our signings since the 2020-2021 season. And I'm excluding any, like... Uh, excluding any promotions, I guess besides JBG from the second team to the first team. So like, I'm not going to talk about Mukoko and of course, just for the sake of time too, there's a lot of signings on here. So I want to try to get through all of them, but I did have tier list here. It goes from S A B C D and then do do stinky. What, what is S <laughs> it's, you don't know S tier. It's like better than a, <laughs> okay. I for mean, those of you who don't know, just better we, than a, <laughs> we do need, this Perfect. is proof. We need to start doing uh, video because, I don't understand the system you have here. <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and S share my screen. Red. That looks. S is in you, red. Have you never seen bad. a ranking uh, list before? It's Apparently crazy. not. And then D is green, which looks good, but D doesn't sound good. And then it just goes to brown for doo doo stinky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I don't. We're gonna these are to, kind of in. These are kind of in order, kind of not from right, the 2020, 2021. But we're gonna have to take a take a screenshot of this, and we'll post it. Oh, here's my here's my Discord plug. If you have not joined us yet on Discord, uh, we have a link uh, in the description of this episode, so you can join our Discord chat, uh, talking during match days, talking meeting um, other Dortmund fans from everywhere. Uh, you can chat a little more about the podcast and then, I mean, mainly just talking Dortmund with other fans. Um, so head to the description of this episode, add us on Discord, and then you can see Carver's rating chart and see who's in the wrong here because I'm just confused. Yeah, I already have I just want to know if one. everyone else is as confused as me. So <laughs> This is usual. Okay, now I will say it looks slightly off just because I wasn't going to pay to make one of these and I had to like, you know, crop each and every player on here. So I just used... It was like a canvas site. So it doesn't look like identical, but it looks pretty darn close to most tier rankings. Anyway, I'm just going to give you a quick flash of my predictions. Wait, that's mine. Okay, you saw it. <laughs> no, I didn't see anything. <laughs> and I'll, I'll compare what I guess you and I eventually uh, have here together. But let's start with Jude Bellingham. Of course. One of the best midfielders we've seen in a long time here for Dortmund. I think this is a no-brainer. I'm going to go with an S tier, unless you have any objections. I mean, S if S red, red S doesn't yes. stand for shit, and it no. stands for phenomenal, then yeah, put him in red S. <laughs> yes. I don't think there's any arguments really there. Oh, S is for special or super, I guess. That's okay. that's just a quick from Wikipedia at least. <laughs> okay, okay. Super like Superman. Red Superman. All right. right. Makes a little more sense. <laughs> what can be said about Jude Bellingham though? I mean, he the man who just oozes charisma. He's a leader on and off the field. He's dry, he's in, he's exactly what we fucking need right now in midfield. He's able to drive the ball forward, press resistant. He can do literally everything. He's scoring like an absolute monster at Madrid. God, I miss him, and I love him. S-tier. We have Thomas Mounier up next. Uh, I I went back and forth between... Let me see. Yeah, I went back and forth between Doodoo Stinky and D. And I ended up landing on D. His first year was unimaginably bad, in my opinion. His decision-making was horrendous. His crossing was shit uh his defending wasn't great either his second season turned around pretty much all those things and had like a not a good season but a decent season and of course since then we haven't seen much of him at all and i also put him a rank below just because also his stupid tweet that was similar to mecha's but i have it in d here i wanted to know your thoughts yeah i like i want to say c Cause I, I don't know, but it's probably worse than a C. I'll say C just to be different. Cause that's my initial thought. It's like, just cause he's there. He's like a body. He's average. Right. But he might be below average, but I'll say C. His brace against Freiburg, which that's is what, arguably the that's what best me. game we had under uh, Rosa <laughs> was nice. I remember that. I remember that. And I'm like, You're right. hell yeah. Munier. Yeah. And I then, like, I've seen, him... like, decent performances. This has nothing to do with us or him being our signing, but I, like, I've seen him have decent performances with the Belgian national team. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. When you're killing it. Not for us. Next, I have uh, – well, I'm also going to just – for the listeners, I'm going to put it between C and D. I don't know if it's breaking any rules for a tier ranking, but it's our tier ranking, so I'm just going to put him between C and D because him and I and Jake and I are kind of in a disagreement there. But next we have Renier. Renier, Renier, who was the loanee from Madrid for two years, two-year loan. Didn't see much of any of the field, unfortunately. Never really broke into the first team, except for like two minutes left in most games. Uh, I mean, he was, I guess he was professional, but he I never saw him do much of it. I cannot remember a single thing he did. I, I think he scored maybe on like his last game here, but I'm going to go ahead with Doodoo Stinky. <laughs> That, that's who that guy is. When I saw all your photos in here, I was <laughs> like, like, I don't the hell know is that? who that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> Completely forgot about him. Yeah, he's definitely did nothing. So put him down there. Whew. Okay, Emery Chan next joined in 
I was it the winter of 2020, if I'm not wrong. Ah, uh, man, I went back and forth with him as well between C and B, just because he's consistently inconsistent. I mean, he's had plenty of moments, plenty of moments of uh, quality. Of course, with our team, he's got some very vital points with us bossing the back line. Whenever he has been in like a makeshift back line, we have like literally no other defenders in the likes of like, you know, Witzel playing at center back and Pongracic and then Paslak and Schultz. Uh, Of course, he's also had great moments. He had his fantastic, arguably his best stint in those six months uh, last spring, whenever he, you know, he had that Zen about him and he, he wasn't getting himself into trouble on the field. It was a fantastic number six for us. Other than that, he's, he's also had a lot of, you know, clumsy moments as well and boneheaded moments where he's gotten himself sent off and so many unnecessary fouls that put us in dangerous positions or even led to us conceding goals. Uh, So I, Oh man, I don't know if this is harsh. I'm going to go with a C. I think an argument could be made for a C plus, maybe B minus, but wonder your thoughts. I, I'm also saying C. Um, like I can see why you might want to give him a little higher, but I just feel like he's never been extremely reliable. It's like mm-hmm. a At nice, least consistently. Consistently reliable. Like I, I'm never fully confident with him in there. Um, like there's been there's definitely been phases in seasons where I am or where he's on a bit of a tear, but it's like just when you think great, he might just drop off a ton. Um, and like there's been times where he falls out of the team. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, because of that, I, I I would say C. Like I don't, I don't think he can go higher than that because he he hasn't been. I can't call him reliable. Uh, we also spent 25 million euros for him as well, which I think is kind of a factor of it's been a few years now. I, I also oh I should clarify. I did not include the transfers from just this past summer as well. Again, just for the sake of time, as well as we don't know exactly how, you know, these signings have panned out yet. It's only been a few months, but anyway, um, that aside, Emery Chan, 25 million euros, which is a pretty hefty fee for someone that has been consistently inconsistent. So I'll have a C there up next is again, I, I kind of, these are out of order here, but Danielle Malin arrived here Two years ago now, this is second, third season maybe. I think it's his third season, right? Whew. Yeah, that sounds right. Did he come in? When did we, I have a right summer Sorry. signing. Let me see. In the rival of the twenty one twenty two season. So this is his third season with us so far. I thought it was either two or three. I don't know why. I was blanking on that. Similar to Chan in the sense that they both have their moments, but man, is this player streaky. And it did it take a hell of a long time for him to actually catch any fire. I mean, that whole first year was forgettable for him, really. I mean, he had very small moments, whether in the Champions League or whatever. But other than that, pretty ineffective, very toothless at times. Second year in that second half of the season, similar to Chan, really turned it on. He was truly arrived in that moment. And whenever he is confident and hot, the man is red hot. But again, not enough of a consistent performer and contributor to really be that high on this list, in my opinion. I'm also going to go C. What do you think? Oh. Um, I, <laughs> I want to go forget higher. Also, we, want to, we also spent 30 million euros on him. Yeah. I want to go higher because I... I mean, it goes like everything I said for Chan. You could probably say the exact same thing for him, but I feel mm-hmm. like I just like him as a player a little more, um, because like when he's good, he's been real, real good, right? Like when he's been real dangerous. And I think even even in times when he wasn't um, scoring, like he was causing some problems, even though the finished product wasn't there. Like he was still, I think, causing problems for uh, opponents. But I, I probably can't. I remember. I also remember. I think it was last, probably beginning of last year, where we we're just calling for him. Like you have to drop him. Like why? Why is he starting? Like it doesn't make any sense because he wasn't producing anything. So because of that, probably I'll, C minus. I, I don't want to go straight C, but yeah, right, right in the middle there. I think C. Minus. Like a C plus, you mean? 
C C plus. Yeah, C plus. Sorry. Cool. B minus. C plus. Up next, Gregor Kobel. I don't think there's any argument here. I'm going to put him here in the S tier. I have only been a witness, at least in real time, to Weidenfeller's later years at Borussia Dortmund. And this is coming from two St. Louis City fans who also really, really idolizes Roman Berkey. But my God, is Kobel an unbelievable goalkeeper. And he is truly, I think, I, I, we've been saying for a while now, like, you know, he's arguably the best in the Bundesliga, blah, blah, blah. Now it's a question of, is this the best goalkeeper in the world? And if not, does he have the potential to be very soon? I think it's a no-brainer, yeah. personally. I mean, he continuously carries this team and puts the whole goddamn squad on his back. He's a he's proven to be a leader as well. He's um, vice captain now, if I'm not wrong. He's definitely on that um, that council of captains if he isn't a vice captain. Of course, he just he's bailed us out so many times, too. And I love him to death, too. Yeah, I, it still baffles me how I think he's still kind of under the radar. It doesn't make like he doesn't right. get the headlines. No, he, he is. He deserves. It's crazy. Like we we've talked. I know over the last year for sure. Like best in Europe, absolutely. Um, and I think that's a good argument too. Like best. It, he's so good. It's crazy. It and I'm I'm. I mean, it's a good thing. Like, not a ton of clubs are like hounding for right. him. It's just the you hear of Bayern here and there occasionally but he's been very firm in wanting to stay mm-hmm. and like thank god because <laughs> he could leave if he wanted to um but yeah I, I he's so good i love him thankfully we got the 2028 extension with him it's huge yeah i would agree that outside of this fan base for reasons i have no idea that he is still criminally underrated in world football At i think least it's like with just Maybe what other the, pundits, I just never hear people talking about him, which is just mind-boggling. I think it's because like Dortmund has been just kind of written off so much lately. Right. That it's like they don't even pay attention. They're like, oh, Dortmund, they're very inconsistent, whatever. You know what I mean? Like I, I think mm-hmm. that <laughs> there's some kind of protection over him because people aren't paying as much attention because they've just written Dortmund off completely. Right. Next up, we have Kadim Ediyemi player that arrived for 35 million euros in the 2022-23 season uh, along with a handful of other signings that summer big summer for us uh, he has yet to really be similar to Danya Malin similar to Emery Chan a, a player who has moments but Adeyemi similar to Malin very ineffective at times at least in attack uh, the man is not contributing much at all when it comes to uh, goal contributions this season. Adeyemi has a single assist, and of course he has been injured you know, for a while now, for at least a month and a half, but still one assist or one goal contribution in this season, and only he had six goals and five assists last season, which is not terrible, but you'd expect more for the price tag. I still think there is a player in him. I still definitely believe in him. I mean, you've seen also he's got a lot of fire in him. He's got the work rate. At times, you know, I mean, he's not he's not a stranger to tracking back either and helping us in defense. He's really got that like that dog in him. Uh, but just he's just yet to really be a consistent contributor when it comes to goal contributions. Um, I'm going to go a solid C personally, just right below Danielle Mullen. Yeah, I I don't think I can rate him higher or on the same level as Mullen. Um, therefore, yeah, I'd also put him as a C. Um, I did last year. I was very adamant about you got to give him time. You got to give him time. Big step up from, uh, the Austrian Bundesliga to the big Bundesliga. Um, so it, it can take time, but yeah, now like we, we should be seeing more, especially like, cause we did see a lot in the second half of the season. And I think a lot of that is us a bit overperforming. Um, but like there, there is a player there. We just need to see it, and ha- he hasn't hit that yet. So I would also go see. And obviously, like, it, like he hasn't even been given the opportunities in the team as much lately. Right. So, um, and and that's on him. Like, I'm not saying that's a reason he's not performing. It's like he can't even break it in the team right now. Um, so yeah, see. 
Next up, we have Sebastian Allaire. Oh, wait. He's really oh. good at backflips. We forgot to mention that. Yes, yes. Gainers, too. Yeah. And the fastest in the Bundesliga. Yes, he is. Yeah. I originally had Sebastian Haller as an S tier just simply because the man was diagnosed with cancer. And in that same season, he not only beat cancer, but came back into the first team and not only came back into the first team, but scored nine freaking goals in half that second half of the season, which is truly unbelievable given the circumstances that he had and just the barriers he had to overcome. I mean, I mean, you, you could go on about just how obviously cancer just affects not only you personally, but just everything in in your life and everyone around you that's close to you. It's such a toll on you mentally. And I, of course, I won't like speak on on his behalf or his experiences or anything like that. But just the fact that he is, was able to overcome all of that and still come back and contribute to the team in times of need. And that was arguably when we looked our best. Um, of course, now, like he has not been broken into the team much at all this season. I've, he's had some difficulties with things we've already mentioned, but I don't think it's fair to really put him lower than that just because of everything he's had to deal with. But so I'm just going to be generous and I'm going to put him in an S tier. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think that's valid because to see what he did contribute after overcoming. And it's like, I don't want to like, we're not giving a rating, a rating because he overcame stuff, but like that just proves how great of a player he can be. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, if he's still like struggling with stuff, this has been the, like the really confusing thing to me this year. It's like why we haven't seen him. Cause I guess we heard some fitness things, but then I, I feel like we've seen him play quite a bit with uh, Ivory coast. Obviously he just scored. I want to shout him out. Ivory coast right. uh, yeah. going to the final, the Africa cup of nations. He scored in the semifinal for the win. Um, and so that's what really gets me. It's like, what is going on behind the scenes? Is it fitness stuff? Is it stuff at training? Like is it just coach's decision? Is it because they they brought full crew in and they want to him to be the guy? I don't like I don't know, and that's what's really frustrating. It's like I feel like I don't know exactly what's going on, and I I, I don't know. I just want more of an answer, and I feel like he should be getting more more opportunities. Unless unless it's like he's not at the level, like physically, like he's not there. But that's what like I don't know for sure, and that's what's frustrating. Yeah. Well, that's what I think it is. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it is more of like a fitness thing and and just him being back at full strength. But all the things you mentioned, I think, are also definitely factors. I mean, it's pretty multifactorial in that sense. Um, But, I mean, yeah, him getting minutes with Ivory Coast is obviously, I mean, I think great for him getting match fitness as well, getting some confidence in him. Hopefully he can come back uh, very soon after because the tournament's coming here to an end with the African Cup of Nations and he can uh, start to bang in some more goals for us. I have here next Schlutterbeck, who is just a true warrior in our back line. Someone that we've been really wanting and needing for a while besides Hummels. I mean, someone that can really take that throne as that next Hummels. Being that warrior in defense, I mean, what can you say about it? His, he's incredibly quick for a center back. He's very strong given he's not that huge of a player. Uh, I mean, he think he's very underrated in that sense. His passing has been... I mean, of course, he's had moments of misplacing things, and he's and he's had his moments of um, you know giving the ball away. He's had errors too, but I mean, he is just his passes. I think his range is phenomenal. He's been able to ping in balls almost as like a left mid at times, and and sending crosses. Uh, his and this on the other side of the ball, you have his you know defensive attributes, and him being like a true risk taker, but just having these insane tackles at times. Uh, I've ranked all of them so far first. Did you have a ranking in mind, Jake? Uh, well, for all the reasons you said, I'm going to, I say B. Um, I know there's been some people will sometimes like to say he's can be inconsistent or he definitely has like some mistakes in him, but I think that his positives far outweigh the mistakes. Um, and like you see mistakes here and there because it's like maybe he's going for a big tackle and like causes a, a big foul or like just misses completely. But I like more often than not, I think you see him make those big tackles, those like goal saving tackles. Um, in like people's form dip sometimes. Sometimes they go on a bad streak, and right. maybe that's like a confidence thing. Like I know like the World Cup was really hard for him, and maybe that's what played into kind of a, a dip in form a little bit. Um, and that can just be a confidence thing. But like when he's on, he's freaking incredible um and he's still i say it all the time he's still so young uh he could be a 
great defender for Dortmund for the next like 10 years, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. I would say B and I think there's a lot of upside still. Yeah. But given his price too, and, and like you mentioned his age, I mean, he is definitely going to be here for the long haul. I think he's someone similar to Coble where he can solidify himself as down the road. If he continues to be on the trajectory that he's on, I think he can be like an icon. Uh, and, and of course weave out some of the few mistakes that he has in his game here and there. I thought, honestly, I was going to put him in his, in a, in a, but since you have B, I'm going to go ahead and B plus and just put him in between those two. Okay. I think, yeah, B, I think for a lot of the good stuff we've seen from, from him, like B could be a little low. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I got nothing but love for him. <laughs> Next up we have Durinville who we've seen for what a total of like 20 minutes so far. It was a really good 20 minutes. Yeah, it was a really good 20 minutes. minutes. (laughs) I mean, the hype around this kid is just unmatched at the moment, really. I mean, everyone is so excited to see what he can actually do and fully fit and finally integrated into this team fully. However, that has not happened, even though he has been at the team for over a year now, he's right in the same summer as Hilaire at EMA Schlatterbeck. Uh, so we don't know exactly where the potential is going to lie if he is going to remain injured for quite a while, but hopefully it's still the ceiling is, you know, higher than lower. But I'm still very excited about him, uh, and I had him at a B signing. Oof. Is that harsh? No, I think that's that's how I'm going to be harsh. I think because of the injury the injuries or whatever i like i put him lower i put him in d because i like we you just put him in d able, we haven't been oh. able to see him and yeah Jeez. like there's a chance that he he can get up up higher but the fact that we've seen him for 20 minutes and that's it and then he's injured again like that's i'm like that's how, fair how can, but how can you even i don't know it's hard to be excited about a kid who's like has such like has been out so long with injuries already God, I got my name attached to this list, and now we're going to post it out there with that kind of take, Jake. Jesus. <laughs> if you ain't, if you injured, you can't play, then I don't know how I'm supposed to rate you. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, I guess I'll just put him in a C since you said D and I said B. <laughs> Again, there's oh. upside. There's There could be a lot of upside, but right now, and just, I don't know, anytime I, like, the young guys are injured for a long period. It's just worried. It's like, well, this could be the, their career, right? <laughs> they, they might never really break it, break out. Uh, okay. Are we got, are we almost at 50 minutes and we're going to knock these out in a few questions. So I'll try to run through here. We have Anthony Modest, <laughs> two goals in his 28 appearances for Borussia Dortmund. Of course, when we got the news for Hilaire, he was going to be hopefully the makeshift attacker that can still contribute and be that sharp end of our attack. Obviously did not work out. The question is, Jake, does his single, well, not single, but his goal against Munich raise him from doo-doo stinky to D, or does he just stay there? No, give him a D. Give him a D? He came in and he tried to do a job. (laughs) D, I would say D, because that moment was incredible. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Okay, and next I'm still. Oh. I'm going to say it any time we talk about Modest. I don't understand how he just left the club and they didn't say anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> the disappointment was was just that uh, unmatched. Not a, not a thank you. Nope. Not a good luck. He just disappeared. Off to Egypt. Yep. Next up, Julian Rearson who is basically a mix between Schmelzer and Piszczek, not the most talented player, but very underrated when it comes to being on the ball and, and, and just his talent. And my God, is he a warrior and just and just an effort player. We signed him for 5 million euros in the winter of last year, and he has been undroppable, at least in, in this season. It's We've been very much needing him for the past uh, month or so. And it's unfortunate we haven't had him, but th- hopefully he'll be back soon. I think he has the potential to be a really great player here. Uh, maybe not, you know, the answer for our back line or anything like that, or even for fullbacks. But for the, you know, the price that we have him for and just everything that he gives, I think he's been a hell of a signing. I'm going to go A. Agreed. Hey, love it. Salios Chen, who has who signed in the summer 
of the same summer as Modeste, Schlatterback, all of them, also 5 million fee. I remember you and I, well, everyone was really hype on just how much of a bargain we got him for. He had a very great debut against Berlin, a simple and smart passing, and that's what we've kind of been seeing, maybe not smart so much against Heidenheim, but he uh, has not really been that... He hasn't really broke into the team, I guess, to be much of a consistent starter. Again, more of a ball winner. Not exactly what we need right now in our midfield. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's a it's a shame that the system doesn't suit him much, but he has also not really offered at least much with the ball, which is what we really need in our midfield at the moment. Um, but just given the fact that he arrived with such a low for such a low fee, originally I had him at a C. I would give him like a C plus or B minus. C plus. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think because I, I think he. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I've liked his performances. I feel like he should get more chances. Um, I feel like he's been solid, and I, I think it is more like this system. And yeah, maybe that means it's a bad signing uh, that he doesn't or hasn't fit the system. And I just feel like if we utilize him or kind of sort out the midfield, like he could be a potentially better prospect or better player than or more reliable than Chan has been one could so. one could hope the bar is not that high either that Shelly so if you're listening <laughs> please don't is, give the way is, of he, the ball right in front of our box that'd be great he's the only Dortmund player that listens I heard yeah someone told yeah. me that <laughs> Niklas Sule is next we signed on a free after his contract ran out of Bayern everyone was very excited for him having the partnership of Schlotterbeck and Sule of course, them being with the national team, we have the two best German center. You know, we, at least we thought we had the two best German center backs uh, for Dortmund making those signings. Very yeah, huge. The World, the World Cup disagrees with that statement, right? But unfortunately, he's just not panned out for a number of reasons. Um, I mean, he's got a big wage, and he's just barely making any appearances at the moment. He's all over the place when it comes to where he's playing. I'm going to go with this C signing. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think C. I want to rate him higher because I, again, moments like there's been mo- the Su- any Sulino moment. I'm like, I mm-hmm. love, I love this man. And anything just because he's a big guy, and when you see him flying down the right wing or something, I'm like, I, right. I, 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 there's a lot of reasons I love him, but because of the uh, some inconsistencies and the hasn't been able to like just fully integrate or break into the team, probably C is fair. Just three left here. We have Marcel Lotka, who we signed here. Oh, oh it's in, excuse me, it's free transfer from Hertha Berlin in the 2022-23 season uh, with the idea of him trying to be the second keeper to Koble after Meyer kind of starts to phase out here in the next year or so. Of course, haven't seen uh, any senior performances, to my knowledge, at least outside of friendlies. Um, but of course, he has Bundesliga experience and the fact that we got him on a free transfer and he seems like a promising keeper, at least for a second uh, option. I think it's pretty decent business. What did I have him at originally? I had him, uh, of course, but we don't know what exactly he's going to be like because he hasn't made any senior appearances. I'm going to go with a C. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't I, I don't have anything to say because I haven't seen any performances. Do you know right. how old he, he is? He's, I think he's like 23 now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the free transfer is good. Bundesliga experience. He seems like... 22, excuse it, me, 22. Yeah, it seems like a good good signing if the skill is there. Um, and luckily, I guess we haven't had to see it. So if he's just, like, developing, um, mm-hmm. then that's, that's solid. Last two. First with Alexander Meyer, of course, signed from the third tier of German football who never had, remember, any Bundesliga experience before arriving at Borussia Dortmund. Uh, let me see if I have here the fee. I was also a free transfer from Regensburg. And I think he's been really impressive. I mean, for again, for someone who does not have any Bundesliga experience, and he's been now a handful of Champions League appearances under his belt. And whenever Koble has at times been... You know, for whatever reason, he has been absent, and unfortunately, it's been more often that we would have uh, than we would have hoped. Uh, Meyer, I think, has really stepped up. I mean, with his ability to have the ball at his feet, I think it's he's very impressive as like a not necessarily a sweeper keeper, but he can just 
play out the back better than anyone I think it really anticipated. Of mm-hmm. course, he's not some like freak with his reactions or anything like that, but he has been pretty solid for the most part, especially again with just the ball at his feet and the amount of times that teams will really press high to try to get him to cough up the ball. I think he's been very composed. And uh, for the fact that, again, just given the circumstances of his career and everything, I'm going to go B. B? I, I, was, going I B. thought you were going to give him an S for super. Because that's. Oh, no. Because that. I, okay, then I think we got to compromise with an A. Because to sign him as. Like, we signed him as a second keeper, right? Right. Um, and like you said, with his experience or lack thereof experience in the Bundesliga, and we've seen him step up and put on good performances in the Champions League. I'm like, I love this man. And mm-hmm. any, like anytime Kobel is out, obviously there's like, Kobel does amazing things and he's not on Kobel's level, but I always feel like comfortable was. with Meyer in the, in, in goal. Uh, and I like, I feel pretty secure with him. So like, I love that man. And I would say what a solid signing, especially for free. And right. uh, to, I think to be able to to uh, I identify that like that talent that was maybe been overlooked um, and to get him in is awesome. Right. Last one here, Jamie Bino Gittens, who was signed from the Manchester City Youth Academy, broke into the team pretty quick after spending a short spell with the Dortmund U23 team. I think it was originally U- U19, then U23, but either way. I mean, from his very first debut, you could see the talent that this kid has. It's very similar to Sancho whenever he was at that age where he has the confidence to take players on. He wants the ball at his feet. He loves the 1v1 situations in ISO. And he is very talented to get around these defenders, even at the most elite level of world football. I mean, the man is also unbelievably lightning quick. And this year is really, I think, is his breakout year. And and we've said before plenty of times in the fall, he has been consistently the best winger on this team so far this year. I mean, he has been just, he's been all over the place. And for that, I'm going to, of course, he's not perfect and he's still a bit of a prospect. I'm going to go with an A tier. Yeah, I got nothing to add. He's been great. Um, and especially, I think, when you look at the development um just to like to have him already producing at a pretty high level this early on, which I think is fair to say, um, given his age, like yeah, th- like I think this is the development and progression we would have hoped to see, and yeah, that we're seeing it. What's been pretty consistent um, lately is yeah, real solid. So A is fair for me. All right. Well, that concludes the list. I'll shuffle these around a bit so it's a bit more uh, legible. <laughs> Of course, but uh, that was fun, and I'll try to think of some more stuff like that in the future, Uh, but I know we're running short on time, so I'll just run through these questions real quick before we get out of here. Chris, uh, our friend Chris from St. Louis, also a Dortmund fan, was asking, will Terzic make it to the end of the season? The answer for me is just the same as always. I mean, if I had to guess if top four is in serious danger, Terzic is probably going to get the axe. And I think that is a very real possibility given how poor our performances have been and we still have to play the likes of Leverkusen, Bayern, Leipzig, Frankfurt, and Stuttgart this spring. All teams that are very well capable of taking points off us and climbing higher in the table, leaving us outside of the top four. So, I mean, will it? Will Terrence make it again this season? I guess time will tell in the next few weeks or a month, also depending how bad Champions League or good Champions League goes. But absolutely a real possibility and i think it's very warranted as well i think it's warranted uh but i don't think it's going to happen i just feel like they're just going to back him or let him finish out the season that i just don't don't see them making the change unfortunately because i feel that they should make a change as i said earlier but i don't think i don't think they will i think they're just going to let it ride out yeah who knows they're so arrogant and oh, Vatska is at least and just naive in that sense. But Badger Hopper asks any potential paths or strategies for signing Matson. I think releasing Monier yesterday and freeing up his wages, which I think was like the figure of around three to four million, if my knowledge is correct, which it rarely is. But I think it was around that area. I think it's going to be very helpful in pursuing the signature of Matson, not to mention a handful of other contracts are going to run out in the summer as well, such as Wolf, Moray, 
And even though it wouldn't necessarily be a good thing, and not that I'm advocating for, but Royce very well might be out the door as well, given recent reports. So I think just trying to get our shit together from a business perspective this summer and figuring out exactly what we want to look like and hopefully take it a hell of a lot more seriously than that last summer, figure out some of these contracts that are ending. We can free up more of that wage bill and really go in for Motson if that is what we want to do, because I think it's also you know complicated of what we're going to do with Ben Zbaini unless someone else can sweep him out. I don't know, but that's just uh, my quick thoughts. Anything? Yeah, as far I mean, it's I definitely want us to sign him. Um, I spoke last episode about him actually attending like a Dortmund versus Man U game as a fan. So like, if he really likes the club and wants to stay, then amazing because he's been fantastic. And I hope I hope he wants to stay and stick around. Um, there's obviously the question marks of like what's going to happen next season to mm-hmm. coach. Um, but I, as far as like strategy, like he signed a contract or he signed a new contract with Chelsea that set a release clause. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was like 30 to 35 million. I don't remember. 35. Yeah. 35. So I think this, if you go strategy, like negotiate, like try to just negotiate with Chelsea to, if you can get maybe sign him for less, um, and they, I mean, that might not go for it, but I would just try. Like, they need to get people off their books right. to um, clear their roster. They're the lone bit, army. So, yeah, I, I would just, like, try try to sign him for less, and, but I would be fine with paying that much. I know it seems like a lot, especially in comparison. Like, when you look at, like, what we spent before, like, it seems high. But I think if we we need to feel like that's been our issue, like, Dortmund is, like, not spending or, like... Or just when it, misplacing where we're actually trying to spend our money too, because I mean, again, we spent thirty million on Mecha, and we all know yeah. how much of a disaster we thought that was going to be, and it so far is. So, I mean, chucking out an extra five million for someone who has just been a complete game changer when how we approach the game, I think, is something we should, yeah, absolutely try for. And it, yeah, if we don't go for it, like a hundred percent, another club will pay thirty-five million for it. Oh him. yeah, like. Oh yeah, with, without question, and that's what's frustrating. It's like when you see other clubs uh, just spending that much, and we're mm-hmm. like, "Well, that's a little too high." We would rather spend five million. It's like, "Well, you're crazy." Like <laughs> it worked out with the Rearson, but uh, right? yeah, I don't know. If you want to do some serious business, like in in performance league, Champions League, and everything, like you have to do the business by spending the money. So I would say, yeah, yeah try to get him for less, but get him regardless. And we need to go abroad, too, in our recruitment. We need to stop looking at just average Bundesliga players. Last question here, and then we'll get out of here. I don't know how to pronounce this username. Gallup underscore 24. He said, which positions do we need to strengthen in the summer? Obviously, we already talked about Matson, But just two other things, uh, a press-resistant, ball-carrying midfielder. Uh, maybe Metsch is going to be that guy. Again, what I mentioned before, he should be with the fee that we spent on him but if not i think there needs to be another option so we can actually coordinate some passes together and build up play as well as another center back even if hummels extends because we're stretched very thin there in a moment so those are my two outside of a, a fallback those are my two suggestions yeah i mean center back center back for sure and the, yeah the hope is hummels extends i think things were looking decently like promising mm-hmm. um but yeah, again, we can't. I don't. We came into this season not knowing if we'd be able to rely on Hummels as much as we've had to, and so that's just another question mark for last year, for next year, right? Like you, I think you need to sign a, a center back who would ideally be a starting center back. You need to sign that caliber of a center back, and then maybe another one. I guess. I mean, ho- hopefully, like Koulibaly is coming too, right? Like coming back, and he'll be more in the first team. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. We're we're just so thin. And Tom yeah. Tom Rota is obviously a a prospect. I, that's a worry. I think ne- like I've been saying like we need to, we've needed Tom Rota now that Matson's in. Like cool, he he's doing his thing on loan. My worry is like they let Matson. They don't sign Matson because they're just like well Rota's coming back, so we're fine. Um, but yeah, yeah, and also figuring out the future of Sula I think is pretty important as well. What we're gonna you know because he's not gonna he's not gonna spend much more of his career just riding the bench. That is not yeah. is complete opposite of the reason why he initially signed with Dortmund to begin with. But yeah, all yeah. good questions. Again, thank well, you all one, for one more. Sorry, I'm, oh, I gotta go do ahead. one more shout too because 
I don't think it's been discussed that much, but I think it's something we definitely need to think about, like a striker. Like, what's the striker situation mm. going to be? Because um, I know Full Krug's been performing, and like he doesn't look like he's slowing down. But I think like he could be an injury away from like us being in trouble, especially with the Haller situation we've been talking about. Like they're both older players, so that's uh, Makoko's there, right? But I think there's certainty. Yeah, there's a there's some uncertainty there, like with what could happen with Haller and Full Krug next season um so right. that's that's a an area of a move we might need to make too very important summer coming up i i think we're a team that's pretty much always by default in transition phase but this needs to be a serious summer where we talk about how we're going to transition into a hopefully just a much better team than what we're seeing at the moment but yeah thank you as always for anyone that chipped in and engaged with the show through a question up there always appreciate it as well as anyone that is just even giving us a listen very much appreciate it thank you yeah and obviously freiburg friday uh mm. you're probably about to watch the game um yeah. so make sure you follow along on the socials uh, you can tweet us or instagram at the bvb pod and uh connect on discord too like we said it's a really good opportunity to talk a little more directly with us and other Dortmund fans uh, more importantly so find the link to the socials and discord and everything in the description of this episode and we will see you guys later see ya